baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders. I'm trying not to get neck deep in this Doug Flutie argument that me and I am not ham are having in the YouTube chat. Don't buy in, man. Don't buy in. No, I'm fascinated. It, it's it's not. I, I don't even necessarily like. I I think there's a. It's more of a semantics thing. Hello, Karosh. Would you like a coffee? Uh, no, I'm okay. That's uh, that's Karosh, everybody. Karosh, wave to the wave to the chat. Shout out to Karosh. Uh, no, I'm all set on coffee. Thank you, though. Yeah, hey, Karosh, that's big time. That's what he's he's one of the managers who's doing breakfast for us here in the office today. He brought you a coffee. He asked if I wanted one. Amazing. That's no, but we're now in a semantics argument about like what defines a great career. And I think that's really interesting because Doug Flutie uh, went 38 and 28 as a starter, 8 and 14 with San Diego, but there was the whole Flutie Flakes era in Buffalo where he went 29, 21 and 9 as Buffalo's starter and then had a, had a really great uh, CFL career. Now I think he's broadcasting or he's done broadcasting. I didn't know Doug Flutie played until he was 43. Yeah, man. Yeah, because I would have thought. Like that, you missed Damn, Doug Flutie. I got swung. Era. I, you know, I've been. I, th- th- this swung me. Doug Flutie had a great career. He did not I've have been, a great I've career. Been, I've been. I've been swung on this. <laughs> you and your overreactions. No, this is just. I, I, dude, when you go, it's fascinating. He goes it, 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 with the Bears in 1986. So he was uh, an 11th round draft pick of the Rams. Breaks in in 1986 with the Bears, one and zero in one start. Uh, threw three touchdowns and two picks, threw for 361 yards. And it was just kind of a journeyman dude. And then from 1990 through 1997, played in the CFL, came back to the NFL as a 36-year-old, and made the Pro Bowl as a starter for the Bills. Abs- That's a fascinating career. No, I, need a, I need a documentary on Doug Flutie's career. I, like, I, I lived through the Doug Flutie era. Yeah, the Flutie like, Flakes. I watched it all. <laughs> like, you're, you pulled for him because he was a little tiny dude out there. But uh, I don't know. Like yeah. that's that's not a, he had a fantastic career in the CFL, but that's not the NFL. Yeah, he had a he had a really good three year stretch from ninety eight to two thousand, and then he had his CFL career. Yeah, he had a fine NFL career. That's all. Okay. So, the Panthers are hoping that Bryce Young is the first tiny quarterback ever to go on to like a Hall of Fame career because that's what you're hoping for with the number one overall pick. Yeah, I mean, he's right there with Kyler Murray, right? Like, but In terms Kyler, of size? Yeah. Yeah, but Kyler's like buff. Yeah, Kyler is Kyler's uh, stacked. Is built. Yeah, yeah, he's he's built like a like an NFL running back where yes. that's not what yeah, Bryce, Bryce... Bryce Young just looks tiny. He looks like a little, uh, like a little kid back there. He does. It, it's kind of crazy watching yeah. him play on NFL field. And you can see, like, the talent is there, and you can see it at Alabama, like, the playmaking and his, like, he has he has enough arm strength to succeed in the NFL, and you look at the out-of-structure stuff, and I just don't think the Panthers are very good, and I think it's stunning his growth. No pun intended. Yeah, yeah. That's all. All right. Stunning his growth. I, I got you. Because he's... He's... There we go. All right. <laughs> King's Thunder tonight. 
We're the insider sponsored by Jiffy Lube. That's James. I'm Kyle. Shout out to everybody listening. Shout out to everybody watching on ESPN 1320 TV. YouTube.com slash ESPN 1320 is where you can find us. We're also on Twitch and Facebook. Um, for everybody watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs up. Uh, that that helps us out a lot. And then also subscribe. So whenever we go live, we're right there at the top of your page and you don't have to go searching for us. The, subscribing, while it helps us, it also helps you. All right. Yeah. We're taking you right up to noon with D'Lo and Casey. So Kings Thunder tonight. We'll get into the whole game breakdown. And we also have mad props coming up at 11, uh, at 11.15. So about 10 minutes from now, we'll be doing mad props. And I'll explain what that is if you are unfamiliar with the bit. But we can talk about Kings Thunder, the basketball matchup, in a bit. Does the fact that this is an in-season tournament game mean anything to you? No. You no. don't care at all? No. Like, I know, like, hang on. Let me, let, me, let me time out. Let me time okay. out. Because as a, as a journalist, I, you're approaching every regular season game the same way. It doesn't change your routine. It doesn't change like, how much media is going to be there. It doesn't change your job at all. But as a basketball fan, do you consume the game differently because of this quote-unquote in-season tournament. Okay, so I I think that because the Kings are where they are, right? They're three and four. If they were five and two coming into this game, I might be able to let my guard down a little bit and just like kind of enjoy the festivities of the other stuff. But like it's it's my job to go in there and ask like awkward questions and and to like you know, have mm-hmm. these conversations with people like Mike Brown and, mm-hmm. and, and the players about what's happening and where they're going and how mm-hmm. they're heading and like all of these things. Right. So like right now the Kings aren't a stable team mm-hmm. and I'm waiting for stability. I'm waiting like to see what they look like against a really, really good team again, without De'Aaron Fox, mm-hmm. you know, whether Mike Brown sticks to the Keon Ellis as a starter thing, whether, uh, you know, JaVale McGee comes back into the rotation over Alex Len, or mm-hmm. Alex Len gets a five-game stint here. Those are things that I'm looking for. And, like, I don't really, I, I like, I don't really care about the pompom circumstance of some league thing that, you know, that they go all out for. And I think it's, like, when, when you do this, like, for a certain amount of time, like, I don't need to go to All-Star Weekend. All-Star Weekend, first of all, there's, there's no real true like individual media time like it's all shared scrum stuff it's all like it's all canned like every reporter asks crazy questions from you know local reporters are there you know if you're a smoothie king smoothie what flavor would you be like it's that kind of great question what's your answer yeah and i i have no idea mine's probably like strawberry banana (laughs) so like i don't want to like like dump on the idea of it because mm-hmm. I want to see it play out and I want to, I, but I really, I want to see what it looks like, um, like in the week of the actual real tournament, like the seeding mm-hmm. stuff, like this is going to be a tough game for the Sacramento Kings to win regardless of the, uh, the fact that it's a in season tournament game. It's sure. going to be a really tough game against a really tough team. Mm-hmm. And I want to see if they show up and give like an A effort or, if they get run off the court or if somehow they they look like the kings again like these are things that i'm i'm looking for and not so much uh like the color of the court that's the funniest part about the whole in season tournament thing is <laughs> i don't think any players care yeah. like i genuinely I, I think it was the timberwolves 
was it Jaden McDaniel? Somebody somebody got interviewed after a game and asked about the in-season tournament after they won their in-season tournament game. And he was like, oh, is that what this is? Like, I didn't, I don't know, I just show up and play. And that's what Austin Rivers on his podcast, Off Guard, was basically said the same thing. And I know he's not in the league right now, but he's like, yeah, players don't care. Like, we're going to show up to the gym and we're going to play it. We're going to hoop. And yeah. however, I, I say that as a fan. I said on D'Lo and Casey last Friday, I said, I don't like. I just, the in-season tournament doesn't do anything for me. And then the in-season tournament game started and it was like the finals. I cared so much. <laughs> it was such a weird, it was such a weird vibe, but at the, but, but at the big picture that you, that, that you're describing here is the Kings win or loss tonight is not a big deal because of the in-season tournament. Yeah. It's just a thing that exists in the space of a regular season where the end goal is still the Larry O'Brien trophy. The team that hoists the in-season, the NBA Cup is what it's being called. The team that hoists the NBA Cup is not a champion. At least not for now. Maybe in 20 years, after there's been 20 of these things, there's some history with it, and some team won six of them in a row, and oh my goodness, and it starts becoming a thing on basketball reference. There's regular season, playoffs, in-season tournament. I don't buy it, though. And like separate stats. And may, I mean, sure. I, I don't think I do either. Yeah. Because there's no way. I, the financial gain from this doesn't make fans care more. And also the games aren't like in consecutive order. They're just on these like random Fridays. Maybe once it's a semifinal in the finals and they're separate things in Vegas, maybe it's a big blowout thing and everybody gets super amped for it. But the fact that the Kings and Thunder are playing an in-season tournament game tonight matters way less matters way less to me, given where the Kings are, like you said, than the fact that the Kings haven't looked very good since the season opener. Yeah. I mean, I, this is about, again, for me, it, I just... I focus on what the the game in front of me, mm-hmm. like and like I do a weekend review on the Kings beat, right? That's the one time when I look ahead and look at the whole schedule that's coming up. For the most part, I literally know what days I have games, and I I get in the mode for that game the day of. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's like studying players or like looking at trends for those teams. Like if there's a game on, I know the Kings are playing. You know, the Lakers this weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or early next week, or you know the Cleveland uh, game on Sunday, right? I might watch a couple of games in advance so I know why it is that Donovan Mitchell's averaging you know thirty one and a half points a game, or um, you know Jared Allen is back and and how's he look with mm-hmm. with Evan Mobley? I, I might do a little bit of that like reconnaissance stuff, mm-hmm. but for the most part, grinding tape. Yeah, when when you're covering a team. It is a grind, and and you're you're going from one game to the next, and you almost have to like purge and go to the next, mm-hmm. right? And so, like something extra like this, like people ask me all the time, "Hey, what uniform are the Kings wearing tonight?" I don't know, I don't know. That's not Dude. that's not in my realm. Like I don't care about city uniforms. Dude. Like when you're covering a team, like you know, on a daily yeah, basis, yeah. you don't care about any of that extra. I will offer you this for free. I will do this for you. I will be the Kings Beat official fan correspondent where I will field all questions regarding courts, 
there uniforms. It is. You fire those off to me, and I got you. <laughs> the official fan correspondent of the Kings Beat Comments. And hello, awesome. everybody. I'm happy to be here. Uh, no, uh, happy to be here, but also uh, happy to hit this break. We got mad props coming up next. I'm going to take a number from the 49ers game and a number for the Kings game. James and I will decide which one of those numbers will be higher as we look into our crystal balls uh, for this week. Damn it. (laughs) We got a break. We'll be right back. Now, back to the insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Looking ahead. Not into a sphere of any type. That's not what we're about today. A crystal ball. Yeah, just one crystal ball. That's it. Oh, Kyle. Um, so we're gonna do mad props, which we do uh, every week during the football season, and then and then we'll also we'll also carry this over once football season's over. We'll get we'll get creative with it. But basically, I go through the Niner game and I pick six stats or six numbers that I kind of come up with, or six categories that I come up with. And then I come up with six things from the Kings game, and I put put them against each other, and we pick which number will wind up higher. Okay. So I still need... <laughs> you know what? We're just going to do this on the phone. Where is it? Here we go. Um, where are we at? I forgot to log in oh. and get my, get my mad props, so I have to pull them up manually here. Luckily, they're not far. All right. Here we go. So, this is how the first example I'm going to give, and this is the first one we're going to do, is Brock Purdy pass attempts on Sunday against the Jags. Okay. So, Brock Purdy pass attempts, or Kings assists tonight against Oklahoma City. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a banger. That's a really good one. That's a really good one, Kyle. Yeah. Thanks. Um, I'm going to guess, like, on the season, the Kings are at, like, 26.5 pass uh, uh, assists per game. And I'm going to guess that Brock Purdy is around 27. Probably something like passing that. Passing attempts per game. I'm going to go Brock Purdy pass attempts. Okay. I think I'm with you. And I think it's because, A, I don't know how much I trust the Kings to dish out a bunch of assists. Like, I don't... If if Malik Monk is not giving 10... And Demonis Sabonis is not giving nine or ten. I just don't know how the Kings get upwards of like twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine. Yeah. And the other side of this is I don't trust the Niners' defense yet, and I think Brock Purdy's going to have to throw it a lot. So I think you're looking at Brock Purdy probably thirty-three, thirty-four pass attempts, and then I don't see the path to a thirty-three, thirty-four assist night for the Kings unless they shoot forty-nine percent from three, which is on the table. Okay. But I'm just not going to, I'm not necessarily going to bet on it. Okay. So 224 divided by eight. Brock Purdy averages 28 pass attempts per game. The mm-hmm. Kings average 25.9 assists per game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Yeah. I'm still going with Purdy because I think that this game could get out of hand and just be like a whirlwind. Like yeah. Brock Purdy's going to have to put the team on his shoulders and try to show that he can carry him to a victory against a high powered offense. That's where I'm kind of at with this. So I, I think Purdy is going to throw a bunch. 
Okay. Uh, and, and again, I, I agree with that. Ramsey uh, pass attempts because uh, he feels that uh, San Francisco will have to come from behind. Of course I'd, he does. I'd also pull... Uh, I actually agree with that. Yeah. I'd also point out that the way that Oklahoma plays defense is gritty and they're in your face mm-hmm. and they grind things to a halt a little bit. Mm-hmm. They can. They make life difficult for you. And so you... Kind of against a team like this, you have to, you have to have guys like Malik attack and, and mm-hmm. go score, mm-hmm. and guys like Domas they need to go score. There's going to be more, even like a guy like Harrison Barnes probably needs to do more off the dribble, not just catch and shoot. So like you need more creative playmakers that are are trying to score. I uh, I forgot to include Domas Sabonis in this one, so he's just not going to be in here. Okay, that's fine. But I did. You just mentioned Malik Monk. He's in our next one. So Christian McCaffrey carries against the Jaguars, or Malik Monk points against Oklahoma City tonight? I'm going Monk. Okay. I'm going Monk. I think Monk will go for 25. I'm going to go McCaffrey, and I don't think it's because Monk is not going to score. I think we see Malik in that 20 to 25 point range. I just think the Niners are going to lean heavy on McCaffrey. Okay. Coming out of the bye week, they need to get their ground game going. They've got to do that with Christian McCaffrey. And they're going to have a couple of uh, of different uh, little wrinkles that that are going to get him loose a couple of times. So I'm I'm leaning I'm leaning McCaffrey here because I think he's going to get a pretty heavy workload in Jacksonville, uh, especially especially early in that game. However, man, hmm. Now I'm rethinking it. Uh oh, stealing my stealing my thoughts. Yeah, a little bit. Because if I think Brock Purdy's going to have to throw it, then Mal- then Christian McCaffrey's not going to get to run it a bunch. Oh, both things could happen. It could I'm sticking just be to a it. Binner. I'm sticking to it. I'm sticking to it. All right. Okay. I'm sticking to it. Um. Okay. Debo Samuel touches. Okay. Yep. So carries and receptions. Yep. Or Keegan Murray rebounds. Dang. So does Keegan Murray get on the glass more than Debo Samuel has touches? No. Um, I think Keegan Murray's going to have a tough night and it's not because he's had a couple, a couple of tough nights. It's because Lou Dort is, is just so physical. A good player. And he just won't go away. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, you think he guards Keegan? Yeah, probably. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, because I, I don't think you, without Fox, you don't need to like diversify much. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where they'll probably go. And um, yeah, so I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Debo for sure. Okay. Final answer. I'm gonna go Murray mm. because I'm with you. I don't think he's gonna have a great shooting night, but I think he's gonna look at Kevin Herter and go, "How did he affect games without shooting well?" And I think you're gonna see Keegan get after it defensively and go get on the glass. Okay. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Keegan Murray rebounds over Debo Samuel touches. Yeah, if I were to like prize pick this thing, I'd say like Murray's probably at six point five. Yeah, I think I think we see seven or eight boards for for Keegan, and then and then six or seven touches for Debo. Okay. Um, that might be a bang on the number one. Mm. George Kittle catches or Kevin Herter made threes. Oof. Because Herter's starting to roll a little bit. And now does George Kittle take a back seat with Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and Christian McCaffrey all involved again? Or do we see Brock Purdy lean more on George Kittle because 
So we're doing made threes. It's one of his most reliable targets. We saw George Kittle really come on in the second half of last year. Yeah, so made threes for Kevin Herter. I'm gonna go. Oh, I'm gonna go Kittle. Yeah, I think I. Mm. Like I have. I, I think I think I am too because they're gonna have to design a lot of quick throws because I don't know if the Niners are gonna be able to block the Jags. Okay. And so I think you're gonna see a lot of like those little rollout short throw to Kittle. Try and get some yak going. Hmm. I think that uh, that again, Herter's going to be up against strong defensive players, and I think if the Kings' offense is flowing, he's got a shot, mm-hmm. right, to 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 make five or six. Mm-hmm. But that's still, I think Kittle has an opportunity to to do more than that. Uh, Maybe right. Yeesh, that's tough. Forty ers points allowed. So total points allowed for the Forty ers Okay. Or first quarter points allowed by the Kings? Um, I'm going to go first quarter points allowed by the Kings will be higher than the 49ers, uh, than what the Jaguars score. Um, hmm. I'm putting the Jags at like 27 right now. Okay. That's the number that I have in my brain. I was thinking 20, like 21 to 23. So if I've got 27 in my brain, mm-hmm. how many points do the Kings allow in the first quarter? Shea's playing, right? Shea Gildas-Alexander? Yeah, I believe he's playing. Hmm. He played last game. I think I'm going to go with the Kings as well, but I think it's because they're going to – I think it's going to be like really back and forth. Like we're going to see a really good pace from the Kings tonight, and the Thunder are going to match that pace, and we're just going to see a ton of possessions. Okay. This feels, I, I I think we might get one of those like 36, 35 type of first quarters. Oh, that makes sense. And yeah. it's in-season tournament, so the players are going to be fired up. <laughs> they want that money. Dude, boy, do they. All right, last one here on Mad Props. 49ers turnovers or, so 49ers total turnovers, fumbles, yep, interceptions, or Keon Ellis made field goals. Ooh. The 49ers have turned it over more than once in their last two games. Keon Ellis had one made field goal last, uh, not last night, two nights ago when he started. I am going Keon Ellis. I don't think the Niners are going to turn the ball. I was going to say, okay, do you think Keon Ellis is just going to get loose a little bit, or do you think the Niners are just going to take care of the football? No, I think I think Keon Ellis will make at least four buckets, and I don't mm. think there's any way that the 49ers can turn the ball over four times. I want to go opposite just so we have a couple of different picks here. But it's up to you, man. You don't have to. It's all right. God, are they even if? But even if Purdy throws two picks again, does that? Mm. Mm. Yeah, I have a tough time. But I don't want to. But I. But I also don't want to be like I think Purdy's going to throw two interceptions. And so I'm going to pick the Niners and then disrespect Keon Ellis by being like he's not even going to make two baskets. Yeah. I'm going to... Mm. <laughs> I'm just going to... I'm going to pick the same. I'm going to ruin the bit, and, and we're going to go the same. Okay. We're going to Keon Ellis on that one as well. We'll ruin it. Just ruin the bit. I know. We need to get a third person in here to so we can... That's fine. To fill out our collection of crystal... <laughs> Stop. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Uh, All right. All right. Let's dive in. We talked we talked King's Thunder from the scope of it's the in-season tournament. Now let's actually break down the matchup and what the Kings need to do to to get right and, and get a victory tonight. 
against the Oklahoma City Thunder. We will talk about that next on the Insiders. He's James Ham. I'm Kyle Madsen. We're sponsored by Jiffy Lube, and we'll be back right here on ESPN 1320. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app, the biggest sports radio stations in the country, providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives, streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Manson. Brought to you by Chicken on ESPN 1320. That's poor sound mixing by me. I love it. We're the Insiders, sponsored by Jiffy Lube. That's James. I'm Kyle here on ESPN 1320. I don't know if you could hear the rejoin over how loud Round Ball Rock is. It was a little uh, bad sound mixing. That's on. That's on me. I blame John Tesh. Yeah, me too. I blame John Tesh. Damn it, John Tesh. Damn you, John (laughs) Tesh. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, There's not a more spectacular video than the Round Ball Rock uh, John Tesh live. Pantomiming with this, the this vest, the and his hair's flopping everywhere, and he's like so into it. It so the first time I ever saw that video, and if you're not if you're not familiar with it, it's it's John Tesh who wrote Round Ball Rock, the NBC, the NBA on NBC theme. Yep, and he's in this like concert hall, and he's doing a concert, <laughs> oddly enough, and Round Ball Rock starts, but it starts with like a basketball dribbling. Okay. And he's sitting there like fake dribbling a basketball. And then I think there's a phone call in there. It's a weird video. But anyways, the first time and then he runs I need behind to look this up and, while we're Oh, you've not seen it? No, I have. It's just been a little while. Oh, okay. And then he runs behind his keyboard and he starts starts doing that whole bit, right? The first time I ever watched it, I thought it was like an SNL skit. Because he looks like Matt Stone from the creator of South Park. Okay. Matt Stone or Trey Parker, I forget which one it is, but he looks like one of the creators of South Park. Okay, so they, okay, just so you know, SNL did do a version of Round Bell. Right, with Tim Robbins. Is that it? Basketball. Yeah, that one, yeah. Okay. But the John Tesh one at the concert is actually John Tesh in concert. Oh, yeah, no, no. And I thought it was a, a skit. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, John Tesh wears a vest everywhere. It is a banger. Thank you, uh, Miss Mac. That this is a, it's a great song. If the NBA, if 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 I don't, I I don't know how to I, I don't know how to navigate this media wise. Uh, it would be cool if NBC got the NBA again and okay. had that song. Okay. No, I, I wish they would. I don't know sell who the owns, rights to it. I don't know I, who owns what, so I can. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> oh, got it. Got start it. Stepping on toes or something weird, but okay. Oh, true. Ramsey says we need the Kawhi laugh. Uh, button and we do yeah that's what i need i'm just i'm still figuring out what drops i need and and don't um oh so john chess starts out with like a recorder yes he he, like oh yes okay that's where the phone call thing was so it's him calling himself Oh, so no. he called his own answering machine. That's how long ago this was. He calls his own answering machine and is like, I've been thinking about the the NBA on NBC theme and it's something like this. And then he he literally with his voice goes, That's him on his voice recorder 
And then he does the fake basketball thing. And then he runs behind his keyboard and starts getting after it. This is spectacular. It's so good. Yeah. Wow. We have the technology to pull it up on the stream, but it's fine. We do. <laughs> but we're not going to because I would be sharing too much. Would it? I No. All right. It's spectacular. Maybe right. we do this this week, this coming up. I mean, there's violinists like totally in it. Yeah, it's a whole concert. Oh, yeah. They're they're fully in it. You're mm-hmm. like, everyone is here just to hear round ball rock. You know, it's funny. John I would Tesh- pay to go. If you told me John Tesh was definitely doing round ball rock, I would pay to go. I don't give a damn about John Tesh in any other instance. I couldn't tell you a single John Tesh moment. But well, if I got to hear Round Ball Rock live, bet. He John Tesh was like on a on like entertainment tonight. Like like he wasn't like a musician. Everyone knew who John Tesh was because he was a musician. He was like a like a nightly Is John Tesh a fraud? No, I mean, I, I... John Tesh on Fraud Watch? I don't know. I don't know what... Like, John Tesh Uh-oh. wasn't even, like, a like a, a full-fledged... Like, everyone knew he was, a, like, an American pianist and composer. That's, like, not how I knew John Tesh at all. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> That's interesting. He's now John... Uh, oh, wow. And, and John oh, we're Tesh... Still going. Okay. Uh, was married to Connie Selica. Oh no, he still is from 1992 to present. I Perfect. Believe. Good. Uh, do you know? Yeah, I don't think you know who that is, but that's. Okay. I don't. Maybe tell me some more about her, please. <laughs> like what? What has happened here, Kyle? I have I, no I've, idea. Like taking this down. He's 71 years old now. All right. Sweet. Let, else? Let's go. Let's Any more go. John Tesh facts? Where do you go to college? <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I yeah. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're the insiders. That's James and Kyle, sponsored by Jiffy Lube. King's Thunder tonight at the Golden One Center. De'Aaron Fox still out. Are you is this at the point? So when Trent Williams missed week seven against the Vikings, he got yeah. hurt in week six, played through the ankle injury, missed week seven. I went, no big deal. Um, he was probably gonna miss this week anyway. He was doubtful there on turf. He'll be back in week eight. But then he misses week eight, doesn't practice at all, doesn't even warm up before the game, doesn't even try. And he was questionable. Mm. Then they go through the bye week. They have a bonus practice on Monday after the bye week. No practice for Trent Williams. Wednesday, no practice for Trent Williams. And now it's like, is this ankle injury worse than what Kyle Shanahan originally said. Because originally he said, no high ankle sprain, it's a low ankle sprain, he's day-to-day or whatever he said. Mm-hmm. With De'Aaron Fox, we were told, all right, nothing major. It's a week to two weeks. There was talk of him returning in Houston the the couple of days after the, the injury, or it was going to be less than a week. He's a super healer. He's basically Wolverine. He is basically Wolverine. But now, But now we're going on... It'll be two weeks Sunday, and he's still not playing. Is there any concern that this is maybe more than than they originally thought it was? No, I think that this is... We've got to the point where, like, you probably shouldn't have reported that he might play on Saturday, or, uh, like, that's, you know, like, Was that Saturday reported or, or speculated? Oh, no, it was reported that there was a good chance that it was, like, such a mild ankle issue that there's a good chance he, he plays on saturday or monday yikes um and that was from shams 
So, and then De'Aaron Fox, of course, was interviewed and asked about the report, and he was like, huh. News to right. me. <laughs> I haven't really seen that, but okay. Um, yeah, like, it became a little strange because De'Aaron Fox was, like, just kind of, just kind of shot it down. Mm-hmm. Shot it down. And and here we are, like, another week later, and he still hasn't played. Yeah, so, so Sunday will be two weeks, and the Kings don't play again after tonight until Monday. Okay. If he's still not playing by Monday, or it's still not like he's out Monday, but definitely back the following it, I think it they play Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, it's Monday, Wednesday. If that's when he start, that's when to me, I'll start having concerns. But you could see why the Kings would go two weeks, get back Monday. That'll be fifteen days from the injury. Even if, like, assuming that it, there hasn't been some setback or it's worse than they thought. Yeah. Like, it just kind of tracks that he would come back Monday. That timeline just fits. Yeah, I even, you know, like, I saw him Golden State, and what was that? That was before they took off for their trip, so last Wednesday. He's walking around. I asked him how he's doing. He's like, oh, I'm all right. You know, so, like, look, this is a long season, and De'Aaron Fox, the last thing he wants to do is start putting himself in that, is he going to be eligible for for all NBA or any of that stuff. Um, but you also, you want him to heal up as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they, he's missed four games, he'll miss his fifth tonight. He's still right around where you hope that he would, like you you hope that this isn't a long-term thing. But what you don't want to do is get to like January, February, and he starts missing games because he's got like tendonitis in the in the ankle because yeah. you, you got him back on the court too fast. And all of a sudden, his ankles turn into mush mid-season, and he's going to have to sit down for two weeks. That's right. not what. That's what you're trying to avoid. So, um, for me, it's not a concern. I'm, there's never been a boot involved. He's never like been on crutches or non, uh, you know, like non-load bearing, ec- uh, you know, exercise stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he's fine. Um, I, it's just a matter of making sure that he's a hundred percent, as opposed to making sure that he's seventy-five percent rushing him out there. Yeah. And having him run on on a flat tire for until you know you rip a hole in the sidewall, right? Yeah, and then they have that. Like I said, they come back Monday. They're at home against the Cavs. That just kind of makes sense to circle, and then reevaluate from there. Yeah, yeah. If you don't, if he doesn't play tonight, which he's not playing, um, then you get two full extra days for him to recover, right? And and maybe be ready on Monday. Maybe be ready for the Lakers on Wednesday, like uh, for the road trip. You know, they have got a six game road trip coming up, but. Still, you want to win games here, and the last thing you want to do is start the season. You know, if they they're three and four, if they drop the next three, mm-hmm. that's not good. Like three and seven is not a good start to the season. Yeah, a- and then you're in the midst of a six game road trip, and like who knows what happens. So mm-hmm. yeah, you're you're getting to a point where this is like, hey, learn how to play without him, but also like hopefully he's back sooner than, than later. So. <laughs> You know how people always say, hey, if this is a playoff game, would he play? I need the, if this is an in-season tournament game, would he play? <laughs> no, and for that's not the answer is no. No. No, the in-season tournament, that's how much it matters. No, no but this is a, a game where, like, look, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander mm-hmm. has kind of ascended above De'Aaron Fox in, in a lot of basketball people's minds. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he was first team All-NBA. And that's not something that was expected. Uh, yeah. You know, like... It was a huge leap for him. He yeah. took like two year leap in one season. 
He's taken some huge, tremendous leaps. He's a very, very good ball he player. He's awesome. going to be very difficult for the Kings. I mean, yeah. I expect Kessler Edwards. I expect him to play tonight and try to slow him down. Okay, so that was that. That's what I, I want to pause you right there. Yeah. Do you think the rotation is just going to look exactly the same as it did against Portland? Probably. Like, why not? It worked, right? Uh, to an extent, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it didn't work. Like, not to like just throw something at one player, but. Like if Keegan Murray doesn't go four of sixteen from the field, that game isn't isn't nearly as close as it ended up being. Yeah. So, you know, that's one of those things. Like, if you start having players hit their shots, mm-hmm. even at a like a moderate pace, then you should be okay. And um, so, yeah, I, I expect like initially for it to be the same. Like maybe I'm crazy, but like the Keon Ellis start, we started hearing about early in the day on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, no, on Wednesday, right? Um, and and it wasn't a, a big surprise yeah, that night, right? But uh, it was to fans who hadn't been hearing that. But mm-hmm. um, like, why not? Like Mike Brown does have that why not mentality when it comes to like, hey, it worked last game. Let's go ahead and try something again. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also you need uh, this is a big backcourt. And that might be why he's doing this as well. Like you knew you were facing uh, a, a bigger backcourt with Portland. Mm-hmm. Now you know you're facing a bigger backcourt with the uh, the Thunder. Mm-hmm. And so Keon Ellis, while he's you know six three probably and still super skinny, he's strong and he's a really good defender and he's active and he plays passing lanes. He does all those things. Mm-hmm. I, I like his size uh, on the court against you know, the Shays and the Josh Geddes of the world more than I would, you know, starting out with uh, Davion Mitchell. And to me, it sends the wrong message. If you just go back and start Davion now, like Davion was really good coming off the bench. Keon, they won with Keon Ellis starting. They got off to a better start with Keon Ellis starting. It's like this, this works. And I don't think that Davion Mitchell has done enough, frankly, to just go, okay, that was one night you showed what you could now get back in there. Like forget the forget the matchup for a second. That just to me, that's just the wrong message to send. Well, and Kyle, I think messaging is the big word that you keep that you've said there. Mm-hmm. That's what Mike Brown like. This was a message to his team, right? And that, I think you have to continue it. Yeah, that no one is safe, mm-hmm. and that I am going to try different things. And if you're not playing up to snuff, I'm going to use Alex Lynn. I'm going mm-hmm. to use. Uh, you know, who Keon Ellis. Yeah, Keon Ellis or Kessler, or Kessler Edwards. Edwards over a Sasha Vizenkov or over a JaVale McGee. I'm going to make these moves if I'm not getting the right response out of the players that are on the court. Mm-hmm. And so what you can't do is have three players earn earn an opportunity. Mm-hmm. You win a game, whether it's by one point or it's by fifteen. It doesn't matter. You won a game and they played well. All of them played okay. Like Keon Ellis could have scored more, mm-hmm. right? The other guys I thought played really well. And then you can't come back out the next game like, okay, well, forget the the messaging yeah. issue. Like we, we had this message and this message, and now we're going off some but, other script. But Mike Brown told this to, to you and in, in the media before in the preseason when the whole Kevin Herter thing was going down. Yeah. It was like, hey, is he going to be in the starting lineup? And Mike Brown more or less went, Demonis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox are going to be in the starting lineup. After that, TBD. Yep, that's it. And that's what you saw on Wednesday. And obviously, Fox is not in the lineup, so that changes things a little bit. But 
I don't I don't think there's any set rotation for Sacramento right now that Mike Brown is super satisfied with. And it wouldn't surprise me if this is something that kind of goes on through February and into March because he's trying to figure out who are the best eight guys to play in a playoff series. Yeah. And right now I don't I don't know that you feel super confident in numbers what 5 through 8. Well, I, I would say it's more than five through eight. I like with your players. You mean it's Demonis Sabonis, yeah, De'Aaron Fox, Keegan Murray. Okay, but I would even say like Keegan and and Harrison and uh, Kevin Herter, mm-hmm. like through seven games, have not played up to their potential at all. Sure. Like we've had like this last game, Kevin Herter played up to his potential. Kevin Herter had a really good game, mm-hmm. right? But and in game one, Harrison Barnes had a really good game. And there's been a couple of games where Keegan Murray looked like Keegan Murray. But overall, mm-hmm. like these guys have left the door open for something else. Like mm-hmm. if Kessler Edwards, like I talked to him in the locker room the other night, like he understands what his job is. Mm-hmm. His job is to hopefully hit three pointers when he's given an opportunity, but to play really, really good defense. If this team isn't playing defense and you're letting Jeremy Grant drop 38 on you, like you're going to see more Kessler Edwards and less of Harrison Barnes. That's it. That's the only way you can handle yourself. Like if you're the head coach, you have to be consistent with the message. If someone's not doing the job, you've got to go look for other things. And Mm -hmm. like, I I don't want, uh, I, I don't want Kessler Edwards out there for 35 minutes a game because I don't think the Kings are built that way yet. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that he can't play 18 to 20 if he's playing really, really strong defense and he's he's hitting a couple of threes and he's, you know, getting out in transition. He's not making mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like those are times where you're like, okay, like he makes sense against a lot of their players. Yeah. He makes sense against the Josh Giddy. He makes sense against Shea, mm-hmm. against uh, Jalen Williams. Like God, the Thunder are good, dude. They, the yeah, th- well, that's so many the problem. Good players. <laughs> the Thunder are really good right now, and not only that, but they they aren't playing poorly. Like this is yeah. a a quality team, but uh, they're also a team that you know has a goal and has sort of like a trajectory that we can all see. And this is going to be a really tough game for the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, Chet Holmgren, love him. play. Yep. Um, you mentioned both Jalen Williamses, man. Yeah, it's a really good team. Lou Dort. If Lou Dort's hitting threes, they're really hard to beat. But man, no, I, that's that's very true. But uh, like Jalen Williams, like the, excellent player, the Santa Clara James. Yeah, uh, uh, Jalen Williams. He's a he's a he's trouble. Um, the problem that they have right now is surprisingly they're not playing very solid defensively. No, you know, so they're. I think they're twenty second in defensive rating. Yeah, they're they're allowing one hundred seventeen point one points per game, which is twenty fourth. Um, yeah, just they're a team that uh, that has a lot of potential on both sides of the ball, though. And like, I, I'm I'm going to enjoy seeing the Chet Holmgren uh, matchup tonight. It's going to be fun. I I said this the other day, and I'm going to say it again. If Victor Wembanyama wasn't in the league right now. There would be a collective national freakout about Chet Holmgren. No, I agree. 100%. Chet is the is a dude. Sixteen point eight points, seven point nine rebounds, two point six assists. He's got a steal and two and a half blocks a game right now. Man, shooting, shooting at fifty seven and a half percent from the field and fifty five point six percent from three on three and a half attempts a game. Yeah, he's <sighs> good. Yeah, at seven feet, man, 
He's no, a gangster. He, no, he is. Uh, I Like I said it during that draft, talk about the perfect fit next to Demonis Sabonis. Yeah. Perfect, because when Domas steps off the court, you can run the offense through Chet. Mm-hmm. Like that's, and they do. Yeah, yeah. That would have been a, the dude, a guy who can shoot the three, a guy, a guy who can block shots, a guy who rebounds, who's smart enough to get out of the way, um, not like a, a true rim runner. He's like super versatile, but you could have had him go on the inside. You could have had, I, I just like, that would have been a really, really nice uh, player for the Kings to land. I have three questions to to get us out of here on a Friday and send us into the weekend and send it, you all listening and watching into, into D'Lo and Casey, who will be here to pick it up at noon. So on a scale of one to 10, and, and I don't want to dive into a whole huge discussion on this. I just want okay. your just quick thought. On a scale of one to ten, how surprised would you be if Oklahoma City won a title this year? Oh, like I would like eight. I would be totally. I would be pretty surprised. Surprised. Okay, I'm like I'm at like a six right now. Okay, but yeah, I mean, why not? Like, I, I think because well, this... they're super young. They are crazy. They've not even been to the playoffs yet. No, I, I totally get that, but but they are so versatile and they yeah. are so loaded mm-hmm. that I, I think you're going to have. And don't forget that you get to the trade deadline. This is a team with. If they're close and they can see they have a hole, they're <laughs> a team with like 700 different it's draft picks. quicker to name the picks they don't have than to say the picks they do. Yeah. No, they can go out <laughs> and they can swing a deal. Yeah, they're, you know. they're crazy loaded with, with draft are. capital. Yeah, I, I, I would I would be shocked in that, wow, that team made their first playoff run together and did the whole thing. Like, that just doesn't happen. Yeah, so it that, doesn't. that would be where I, but from a talent standpoint, it wouldn't be like, wow, how did that group of players win a title? Yeah. If you told me they won one in the next three years, I would not be floored at all. No, I wouldn't. Like not even a little bit. No, shocked. the next they're, three to five years there, it's their window. It's the King's window. Yeah. Like they're okay. part of the group that, that should be in that window. Perfect segue into my second question. Is this a measuring stick type of game? This, this to me is a measuring stick game for the Kings, but you have to put a, a more than a grain of salt on the fact De'Aaron Fox isn't in, in the game. Yeah, that's why it's not for me. Uh, like, at all. I, if I, they get blown no. out by 30, it's not going to do anything for you? No, because they haven't been playing well to start. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're coming off a win, but they're coming off a win uh, in overtime against a bad team. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if I'm looking at this team objectively, I, I would say, like, a measuring stick game, they aren't to a point where you start talking about stuff like that. Okay. They're still trying to find their soul. Mm-hmm. and who they are as a team right now. Mm. And, and once they do that, let's give this thing 20 games and we start talking about measuring sick games. I just don't think you can go lose by 30. Like that's that to me would be, that undoes a lot of the it, a vibes guy, undoes a lot of the vibes from Friday or Wednesday. No, I, like, I, Why do we keep doing that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to say they played the Blazers on Friday. They played them on Wednesday. Yeah. It just, it was like a, we talked about it. That was an arrow pointing the right direction game and stuff to build on. It feels like if you go get smoked tonight, mm-hmm. I feel like it undoes a lot of that. Now your arrow's pointing the wrong direction again. Yeah. Because I, if you're getting blown out by 30, it means Domas is bad. It means Kevin Herter was probably bad. It means Malik Monk probably didn't play well. I think you put yourself in a situation right now where with a six-game road trip looming, you need to win two of these games, two of the, these mm-hmm. three here that are stacked up. So. And that's OKC, Cleveland. Lakers. Lakers. Yep. Yeah. Not totally with you. Okay. Last question. Uh, who needs to have not just a good game? Who needs to have a huge game like the one Demonis Sabonis had on on Wednesday? 
where he had 27, 11, and 9. I'm going to say, like, if you, you need a huge game out of someone, it's got to be Keegan Murray or it's got to be Kevin Herter. It's got to be one of the guys that have, have tried to get there but haven't mm-hmm. got there yet and had the breakthrough. I just think it's been really tough because they're up against really strong defenders. This is a night I would love to see a big Harrison Barnes game. He needs where it. he goes 20-plus and grabs a bunch of rebounds and plays good defense. He is the type of size and build that can be really effective against a team like Oklahoma City. Yeah. I need Harrison Barnes tonight, man. Jalen Williams is going to be tough. It, that whole, dude, their entire starting lineup is going to be tough. Yeah. That's a good team. All right. D'Lo and KC are coming up next. He's been James Ham. I've been Kyle Madsen. We're the Insiders, sponsored by Jiffy Lube here on ESPN 1320. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening throughout the week. A very happy Veterans Day to all of our veterans out there. We greatly appreciate your service uh james that is your father included um that is um uh um very much appreciated his his sacrifice and his service and that goes to every other veteran out there as well d-lo and casey are next here on espn 1320 baseball is in full swing nba playoffs are heating up and your nfl team is gearing up for training camp listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the odyssey app the biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.